I met a priest uh, not so long ago. He was a Mill Hill missionary, and uh, he spoke about uh, his path to priesthood. Uh, he was ordained in the early 60s, and uh, he said he remembered getting on board a flight which was bound for East Africa. Uh, and as he looked around, it was a you know a normal sized plane, so holding what 300, about 300 people. And he looked around, and the vast majority, as in 90 percent of those flying there, were priests and religious, all heading over to the missions, you know, to the various missions. Uh, and and he was just glad to be part of such a team, you know, glad to be part of such an effort to go and, and, and bring the faith to those who had never heard about Christ before. When he got there, he discovered a different kind of world to what he expected. Uh, he discovered great goodness in people, actually, which, again, is a good thing. It's good that when we, when we, in any sort of mission, that when you get there, you don't see yourself as superior to those you're missioning to. Uh, in fact, he, he said, kind of a, a, bit, a bit tongue-in-cheek, he said, you know, we, were, we, had, we thought we were going out to convert the pagans. Uh, but he said we learned a lot from them too. Now, this is, this is going to be a, a, a difficult kind of a homily because I have to balance two extremes here, so I don't want to get accused of either thing. Uh, but it's the question of, of wealth and the question of poverty. How does the Lord see these things? How does the Lord see wealth and, and poverty? Because in our gospel, according to Luke here, Jesus says, happy are the poor. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, conversely, alas for you who are rich, you're having your consolation now. So, what's the Lord's take on wealth and poverty? Okay, so we have to be, we have to be careful here. The Lord, the Lord does not want anybody to be hungry. Why? Because God the Father does not want any of his children to suffer. Okay, he doesn't want us to suffer hunger or neglect or abuse or any of those kind of horrendous things that that, that, that happen. At the same time, our greatest good, our greatest good is internal, as in our greatest needs are, are, are internal. Now, we have to balance these. Obviously, you, know, you can't preach the gospel to those dying of hunger. That's, you know, give them something to eat, help them provide hospitals, accommodation, uh, orphanages, uh, education, and then they'll have the, the strength, the ability, and the wherewithal to actually listen to your, your preaching. So... It is, it is both. It is both. We do have to take care of the, of the material needs and the spiritual needs, but the spiritual needs do trump the physical needs as, as long as basic needs are met. Maybe if that caveat might make this thing make more sense. As long as ba- people... Should, we should, we, it's never acceptable for people to be, to be starving, to be actually physically, properly starving. Uh, that's, you know, there, there are absolutely enough resources in the world to, uh, to feed all of the inhabitants. Remember back in... It must have been about 20 years ago, and probably more, but, but not so much in the 90s, but definitely uh, over the last 15 or 20 years, there have been a lot of um, even scientists out there talking about how the world is overpopulated. So basically, humanity is a plague on the earth, and there are too many of us, and there aren't enough resources to uh, provide for all of our needs, which, of course, is complete and utter rubbish. Um, Remember when we were when I was studying the geography of the global food system? It was a very interesting thing uh, in UCC when I was in college back then. Um, and it explained how the professor explained how this, the state of Iowa, on its own, one state in one country, produces enough what they call corn, what we call maize, 
to feed the whole world. They could. One state and one country could actually feed the whole world. It could. But they, they use, uh, as, as they call it corn, we call it maize, they, call it, they, they use the, the corn to feed animals. So it goes into animal feed, so it gets turned into beef, basically. But animals aren't as efficient with food as we are. Long story, we won't go into it, but the point is there are more than enough resources to feed everyone. Now, there aren't enough resources for everyone to, have, to live in the lap of luxury. That, absolutely not. But there is no reason at all, economically speaking, or geographically speaking, or agriculturally speaking, there is no reason at all that people on this earth should be hungry. None. We have enough resources. We, we can feed everyone. If people are hungry, it has nothing to do with there being too many people and an awful lot to do with corruption. So we're back now to see the problem here is the heart. The problem is the heart. If people are, so I, I remember when I was in, in the Ivory Coast, uh, I just visited there for about a week um, in 2009, and it was absolutely, I've never, I've never seen anything like it, it was absolutely fascinating. Their minimum temperature, minimum temperature, 28 degrees, never drops below 28. But then the maximum temperature, about 32. That's a, like uh, this, this, between 28 and 32 degrees, that's actually a really comfortable range of, of temperatures. You know, it's not, it's, 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 not, it's not desert. It's never cold. So no one has heating in their houses. There's, there are no radiators. <laughs> it's just amazing. Now, a problem they do have is humidity. It gets mighty, mighty humid. But the interesting thing about that is it means the whole country is a natural greenhouse. You can grow anything at any time of the year, all year round. All year round. Doesn't matter when you plant, doesn't matter. It's like, it's, just, it's gonna grow anyway. It's, it's, it's incredible. They had like um, banana plantations and cocoa plantations and they're just, they're just like, they produce, they can produce incredible amounts of food. But the problem with, as many things that, that, that happened over there in, in, in Africa, unfortunately, the problem there wasn't, wasn't bad agriculture, just bad management, corruption. Corruption. They, they, they built this, there's a, a massive lagoon with um, a peninsula. It's, like, it's almost, almost an island which goes along the, the, the southern coast of, of the Ivory Coast there. And um, they wanted to connect it back to the mainland via a bridge. So they built these massive concrete stilts in the lagoon to support the bridge. And then a politician did a runner with all the funds and that was it. These massive stilts stuck in your, in your lagoon, no bridge on top and no funds to finish it. So one guy gets stinking rich, and the consequences of that now are all the people on the island have to travel the whole way back and take this small road over and travel the whole way back again, which then, of course, delays agriculture and produce and education and office work and everything. You know, just so one guy can get rich. That's the problem. This, that, that, that's why the Lord, is, when, he, when he, he does care about the poor, of course he does. Of course he cares about poverty. Uh, and so should we. And so does the church, and so has the church, and no, non, no NGO has done more for third world countries uh, than, than the Catholic Church. And that's not a boast, it's just a fact. Just so we know we do care, we do care. That said, the greatest good and, and our greatest need is internal. We, if, if, we, if, if people's hunger is satisfied but we don't give them Christ, we have done them a, mis a disservice. We really have. And you think of even today's world, now you think of a modern Ireland, think of the Western world in general, where like, hunger isn't, there are, there are some homeless, and obviously, again, we should do everything we can to help them, but for the most part, like, the vast, vast, vast majority 
of our countries. Hunger isn't, a, hunger isn't a problem. Hunger, where people don't have three meals a day, is practically non-existent. And there are social services for, for those who find themselves in a situation like that. Point being, our greatest need in, in the Western world is not, is not hunger, and yet people are dying of suicide. And addiction is through the roof, and depression is through the roof. So there's, some, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Our, our basic needs are more than, than taken care of. But we're not happy. We're not happy. I remember hearing from uh, a priest once talking about how we will never become happy by winning the lottery. That's something even my own dear mother would say on occasion. Bless us now, if we, if we win the lottery, we'll, you know, I'll, we'll get a new roof for, for Holy Family or we'll, you know, and, and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll do the other. And I always say to her, Mom, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, because the Lord loves you, you'll never win the lottery. You won't. You won't. It'll make you miserable. You don't need it. Don't need it. Uh, we d because it, it's very interesting that you never, ever hear of stories of those who have won the lottery three or four years down the line. You know, Mary Ryan, who won the Euro Millions up and wherever. You don't hear about what happened to them afterwards. Because very, very often, it's not good. I remember I read an article once where research was done into lottery winners and the stats weren't great at all. Because if a person plays the lottery a lot to win money, if they play the lottery a lot, they're not good with money. <laughs> they bet. The lottery is betting, right? So if they play the lottery a lot, in order to, then when they get a lot of money, if you can't be trusted with a lot, but if someone gives you a thousand quid, you go, oh, a thousand quid, and you go for a massive night out or a weekend out with a couple of friends. If I give you a hundred thousand, what do you think they're going to do with it? Oh, lads, right, massive extension. Not even, you wouldn't even get a sports car for 100,000, and that's it. They're poor again. They're poor with a sports car outside the house. <laughs> because if you're not good with a little amount of money, you won't be good with a lot of money. So if someone wins a lot of money, and they haven't learned how to use money or how to maintain money, or they won't, they won't, it won't lead them to happiness. And then the amount of, of addiction, marital breakup, marital infidelity, uh, drugs, the whole lot from, from those who had won the lottery was, 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 well, it was, it was awful. It just, it just completely burst that bubble that money equals happiness, wealth equals happiness. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I was in the Ivory Coast, going back to my house in the evening. There was this young fellow with a used, cracked, second-hand sink now sitting on the side of the road there. And when he saw me coming, he'd say, hey, Fada, how you doing? And I said, good, yeah. He said, you buy the sink for me. And I said, I, I won't, actually, because I couldn't really bring that back to Ireland. I have a limited luggage room. Hey, Fada, I make you a good price. I make you a good price. And I said, I know you will. I know you will. And then I saw, actually, it had the, it had the swan uh, neck gutter, well, the downpipe on it as well. So, oh, it has, oh, it, is, it, has, it has the pipe too. Yes, I give you a special price. And I said, yeah, I can't. Sorry, man. But he was as happy out. Now, I, I, I really hope he wasn't. I mean, he, I, I hope he, he, but the point is, he was willing to work. He, he, he spent hours a day out in the road trying to sell whatever stuff he had gathered from a, a dump somewhere. But he was willing to work. Happy are those who are poor, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Lord by this isn't saying, don't help the poor or don't feed the starving. Of course he wants us to do that. 
but he's saying that there is a greater poverty, a spiritual poverty, and that is why the church primarily is there to bring the faith. We help the poor and all that as well. I've said it a million times, but primarily the, the, the deepest need is, is that of the heart, the changing of the heart. Otherwise, you can get all the money you want and give it to a third world country and it'll go into the hands or the pockets, the coffers of the warlords and the poor on the ground will never see a cent of it because you can't just throw money at the problem. If the hearts aren't changed, poverty won't change. So our example, our sending over of missionaries, our uh, honest politicians, our honest desire to to encourage economic growth in, 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 in third world countries, that kind of thing, that will actually help people. Honesty, the heart, the changing of the heart. And when we look at our own poverty, we look at our, the poverty here of, of the Western world, we pray, we pray today for the eradication of that kind of spiritual poverty, that kind of emptiness, that kind of meaninglessness, purposelessness. The Lord has a plan for every individual's joy. And that plan involves us leaving aside, as St. Paul tells us in our reading, he's not only leaving aside, he says, we must kill everything in you that belongs to earthly life. Fornication, impurity, guilty passion, evil desires, and especially greed. He says, kill these desires. Do battle, declare bloody war on those things which keep us from God. Because anything that keeps us from God keeps us from happiness. We ask the Lord today to renew each one of us, to draw us back to him, to heal our hearts, heal our country, heal Western society, heal the heart, the broken heart of our countries, which longs and aches for meaning, for purpose, for true love. Lord, draw us back to you so that we may discover, as St. Paul writes to us in the Colossians, that there is only Christ. He is everything, and he is in everything. Amen. So, dear brothers and sisters, this is Father Patrick Cahill here. Thank you so much for joining us for our homilies here on YouTube or whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, I work here in a place called Holy Family Mission where we form young people in the faith. We have a great need here in Ireland and indeed across the world of knowing our faith and being capable of going out there and sharing it uh, competently with others. If we can't understand our faith, if we don't know our faith, we can't uh, bring anybody into it. No one is brought into the faith. Uh, no one is compelled to come into the faith. People see us live the faith. So in order to, to live it, we have to know what the Lord is expecting of us. So our goal here is to form young people in the faith, and we're starting into our eighth year now, which is a great privilege and uh, a great joy for us all. We're starting on 24th of September. We are in need of benefactors, though. Uh, we have a, a beautiful house which was given to us here by the Rossminian order. Uh, it's fantastic, it's wonderful, but it is high maintenance and these days all those things are very expensive. If you feel the Holy Spirit moving your heart to support our mission here in Holy Family, 
and we're hoping to raise about €25,000 before uh, 20, the 24th of September, before the start of the year here. We're about, we have about 10000 raised so far, but we need your help to, to get to 25 if we can. We have some renovations to do on the house here, and we need to support uh, our young people as they come in here to start this year of faith formation. So if the Holy Spirit is asking you to, pray, to support us financially, please, please do so on our website, holyfamilymission.ie. Uh, if not, please pray for us. Please pray that uh, our mission here will always be protected and that we'll always do the will of God and that his glory may be made manifest in all that we do and all that is done through Holy Family and all that, that they do, uh, all that the Holy Family mission team will do throughout the year and all that the alumni will do uh, in their various workplaces uh, and study uh, universities, colleges, wherever they'll be afterwards. We ask that the Lord will always guide them to be effective ministers of uh, Christ's word in the world. So please feel free uh, to support our mission and please pray for us. God bless. Bye now.